This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, September the 1st. We have made it to September, the kind of final month of the season. Season actually goes into October this year, oddly enough, the regular season. But essentially the final month of the season, and Phillies keep winning baseball games against bad teams, yes, but the Phillies win again last night, five straight now handling the Nationals in one of those games where um, it is it, it just does seem like they're just two different Phillies teams, right? You know, the one that plays bad teams well and the, the other one. Um, as they handle business, go down early, go down again after that, and fight back and end up winning 12-6 to pretty handily. Um, especially with the lineup they rolled out. We'll get to it, but... I mean, legitimately, the worst lineup the Phillies have rolled out all season long, and they put up a 12 spot, so figure that one out. Um, Phillies handle business. Dodgers handle business. Take care of the Braves. 3-2 win last night. Two and a half. We sit here on September 1st somehow, some way, as beaten down as we've been, as over... As this this season has felt, two and a half back in both the wild card and the division, the Reds and Cardinals get rained out yesterday, so they gain a half game there. They're in it, man. They're in it. They're in it. And I, again, I as I've said many times, I'm not going to dive adverse back in until they're literally in the playoffs, but... They're making it interesting, aren't they? They are making it interesting. The Phillies now sitting at 68 and 64, two and a half back of the 70 and 61 Atlanta Braves. So three back in the loss column. You'd prefer to be three back in the win column, then you have a little more deaths in your hand, but still two and a half back. They are two and a half back of the Reds, but a little different. The Reds are 71 and 62. So in that case, you are two back in the loss column, three back in the win column. So you like to see that. You also, obviously, the Cardinals. Um, are are right there with the Phillies uh, tied. Uh, they've played two last games, but um, they made up that half game in the Cardinals. The wild card standings as they shake out. The Dodgers um, are in first place in the wild card by 13 games. So I wonder if they'll hold on to that first wild card spot, or them or the Giants overwins it. Um, 84 and 49, unreal. Uh, and then the Padres and the uh, Padres, excuse me, Padres and the the Reds tied for that. That second wild card spot at 71 and 62. Then both the Phillies and the Cardinals are two and a half back of that. And then again in the division, the Braves sitting at 70 and 61, the Phillies at 68 and 64. So two and a half back there as well. The Mets win yesterday, but still five and a half back of the Braves, three back of the Phillies. So look, you never know what can happen. But 
the uh, Mets unlikely to be a factor here. As, um, again, you know, they are in it. Stonely, stone cold, flat out, squarely in it. This Phillies team last night, Ozzy Albies fouls a ball off his leg and to be carried off the field, one of the Braves' best players. <sighs> you know, um, for a season that felt completely and totally over, I mean, we even did a, a, a show where it was August 26th. I remember the date. I said to you, we remember August 26th as the day the Phillies' season officially ended. If you don't remember, that was the day they lost that first game. The last loss they had, funny enough. Um they lost that first game at home to the Diamondbacks, and earlier in the day, Reese Hoskins declared out for the season. Matt Moore has to start for Zach Eflin. Eflin goes on the COVID IL. That game's suspended by the COVID thing and all that. And uh, it felt like that was it. It felt like, all right, we're done. Fun little ride. Thanks for the ride, boys. But we're done, though. That's what it felt like. It really did, as he sure you can remember or just go back and listen to that show that I did because um, very, very clearly uh, said the season was over that day. Turns out it wasn't. Who knew? Uh, again, look, I, I still need to see them really last through September, especially, you know, that's the craziest thing. I'm going to look at the lineup, but I mean, they're they're really hurting right now. They're really missing guys. I mean, let's just quickly, and we'll get to the game from last night, but quickly, just the lineup from last night. This is the lineup the Phillies rolled out last night. Again, for a team that's competing for a playoff spot, Freddie Galvis in the leadoff hole, Gene Segura in the two-hole, Bryce Harper in the three-hole, Andrew McCutcheon in the four-hole. Fine. You know, you'd rather have someone other than Freddie in the leadoff hole, but fine. Here's your five through eight, obviously with the pitcher hitting nine. Ready? Five through eight. Jorge Bonifacio and his 091 average in the five hole. Ronald Torres, a devastating six hole hitter. Matt Vueling in the seven hole. And Raphael Marchand batting eighth. Seriously, that's the lineup they rolled out. Five through eight of Bonifacio, Torres, Vueling, and Marchand. Yeah. And guess what? Those guys are great, other than Montevazio. Uh, you know, everyone contributed. Torres. Uh, Torres had a bigger night the night before, one for six. But uh, Veerling and Marshawn. Veerling goes four for five and scores two runs. And Marshawn went one for four but had a game-tying two-run home run. I mean, of course. Of course, right? And it's just, uh, Raphael Marshawn's a player. I like Raphael. I'm in on Marshawn. I mean, he's a great defender, clearly, and... Um, a little bit of a bat, a little frisky. I kind of, kind of in on Raphael Marshawn. Should the Phillies assign JT to that contract? I look like it. I'm just messing around, but I do like Marshawn a little bit. I like Marshawn a little bit. And look, I think um, on days when you want to play JT at first, I feel really good with Marshawn buying the plate. Probably better than you know. I know Miller's had some big hits lately, but Miller at first. I mean, you know. It's just that this lineup, I mean, Matt Veerling played first base. Uh, he played six games at first base in his minor league career, and he was your starting first baseman last night. I mean, you know, Matt Veerling, who went four for five. Uh, it's just, it's so unlikely. And look, uh, so 
parallel here, and this team is not winning the World Series, so don't take the parallel that far. But my whole life, you know, we're all, you know, a lot of us four for four, Phillies fans, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, obviously. Phillies, my favorite. I'm guessing your favorite if you're listening to the show. But, you know, the Phillies are my top team. But but I love the Eagles, obviously, as we do in Philly. And I always said, prior to 2017, I always said my whole life, I was like, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl when we least expect it. When it's just like, there's no chance it's going to happen. All of a sudden, it's just going to happen. And hey, you know, a little pat on the back for myself. It couldn't have happened more like that, right? I mean, they won the freaking Super Bowl with Nick Foles as the backup quarterback. I mean, like, as unlikely storybook a story as you could possibly have to finally get over the hump. So maybe, and again, a smaller scale of this, we're not talking about, you know, ending a 52-year list Super Bowl streak and, and the first title since 1960 and really the first Super Bowl title for the city. We're not talking about that. The Phillies did win you know, the World Series 13 years ago. It does feel like 33 years ago, but it was 13 years ago. But maybe that's the way this decade of, of non-playoffs ends, right? Wouldn't that be appropriate that a Phillies team that we had completely given up on that we had completely said, you know what, they're done. And then even more so, a Phillies team that uh, is rolling out a lineup of guys we never heard for the most part, or guys a lot of people have never heard. So it's really, um, it would be pretty funny if if this were the, if this were finally the team that, you know, finally broke over the hump and, and we're sitting here on, you know, October 3rd and watching Matt Veerling and Raphael Marchand lead this team to the playoffs, that would be (laughs) too ridiculous to entertain, right? But hey, they're in it. They're squarely in it, flat out in it. They're two and a half back. Somehow, some way, this Phillies team is only two and a half back. And look, we talked about it, right? We said this week, this week of baseball, the Braves go out to Los Angeles to play the Dodgers. The Phillies have the Nats and Marlins. And shout out to the Phillies for beating teams they're supposed to beat five in a row here because obviously the 11 of 15 prior to that they did not do. And obviously some losses to teams they sh- could lose to. But, I mean, you know, you lose three in Arizona. You lose one at home to Arizona. You know, those are those are tough ones. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about that. You take two of those. Two of those. They're half game back right now. I mean... You lose the series in Arizona still and just sweep it home. Uh, you know, it's, uh, won't forget those ones if they fall just short, which, you know, probably will. <laughs> to be honest, there's all in that line they rolled out is so rough. How are they doing it? How are they winning games? Bad competition. I made light before of the whole bad competition thing saying, ah, you know, it doesn't matter who you beat. You got to beat the teams you play and this Phillies team and it's baseball and it's such a long grind of a season that, you know, you, you beat who you beat and you lose to who you lose to and, and it all evens out in the end. And you can't just say, oh, it's they're, they're just beating bad teams. Like that doesn't jive and all that. Well, they're beating some bad teams. <laughs> they're handling business. And credit, credit for that because this is a team that historically, as we know, has... Not beating the teams they're supposed to beat, but um, they're doing that now. But I definitely think that um, I may have uh, undersold the importance of competition in the last week or a couple weeks ago when we were talking about that eight-game win streak. Oh, it's fine. They're, they're handling business. Eh, you know, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, all right, let's get to last night um, as the Phillies 
handle business. 12 to 6 win. They go down early. They fight back. Matt Moore was horrific, and, and yet they still win a Matt Moore start. I don't know how they do this all the time, but they go down early. one nothing in the second, and then 3-0 by the end of the third as just things can't go right for uh, Matt Moore, giving up double after double after double. Um, just people ripping baseballs against him. Moore ends up going three and a third, giving up five earned, six hits, five walks. Six hits, five walks, and three and a third. Eleven base runners and three and a third. That is it's not what you want. Let's say that. Uh, so Philly's down three nothing, heading into the fourth inning, and uh, big inning here because they get two back and they get them in a way um, where at first I'm like, "What are you doing?" And then then it worked out. Bryce Harper lays down a bunt. Um, Against Patrick Corbin, and and in hindsight, you know, I think about it, it's a tough matchup for him. Corbin's tough against lefties. He has bad numbers against Corbin. So in the moment, and I think I was still shook from Bryce bunning the runners over in the Briar game. We're like, what the hell are you doing, buddy? Like, enough? In this case, you know what? The shift was on. Harper's bad against Corbin. It was okay. In hindsight, I I, I, I take it back. And obviously it worked out because it was an easy bunt single. And then Andrew McCutcheon steps to the plate. Patrick Corbin hangs one. And McCutcheon just smokes it. Just crushed it. Moonshot home run. One of those off the bat. See ya. It was great. Two, uh, three to two. Just a massive, massive hit. Uh, and then Matt Moore. Matt Moore's gives up another... Two in the fifth on a Carter Keboom bomb home run. So it's five to three. And then the Phillies fight again. The Phillies fight. They score one in the fifth on an RBI infield single by Jorge Bonifacio. Uh, a play that uh, initially called out. They reviewed it. He was safe. It was huge. And then we go to the six. And the Phillies break it open, baby. Rafael Marchand, a big two-run homer to make it five to five then. Bryce Harper, a two-RBI single, makes it 7-5. Andrew McCutcheon, a double. It's 8-5. Odubo Herrera, pinch hit single. It's 9-5. Phillies, and then they cruise. Brad Miller adds a pinch hit, two-run homer in the 11th, an oppo shot. And then a wild pitch scores Gene Segura to make it 12-5. The Nats add one in the ninth off Enyel. A little nerve-wracking there. There's lots of base runners, but they get out of it. Uh, Clean work from Bailey Falter gets the inning and uh, gets the win with an inning in two thirds of, of shutout baseball. Sam Coonrod a really nice inning, showing some fire out there on the hill too. Jose Alvarado clean inning, Hector Neris a clean inning, and Enyel ends it even though it wasn't a clean inning. Does get out of it. And uh, how about your fills? How about him? How about the fills? Just uh, find a way to win baseball games. They gotta win. I uh. Oh. It's uh I, I'm I'm so conflicted. I'm so torn right now. I'm so I'm so unsure of how to feel. You know, what what are we supposed to do here? How are we supposed to handle this? How are we supposed to relate to this team that, that yo-yos us back and forth and toys with our emotions? But look, all I can say is it's September first. We are heading into the stretch run of the baseball season, the, the final stretch run of the playoffs, and we have had some disastrous Septembers the last few years here. 2018 in Colorado, we remember that series. 2019, just fading away. 2020, not being able to win one extra game in your last eight to make it to the playoffs. Like, it's been some rough Septembers. And all I want is a, is a fun September. All I want is at the end of September to say, you know what? That was fun. They were in it. Whether or not they get over the hump, and obviously we all want them to get over the hump, whether or not they do, I just... 
I want to not feel like they blew it. You know, I want to not feel that gut-wrenching, searing pain that I feel with the Philadelphia Phillies. I want to see them fight. You know, I want to see them make it interesting. Give us a September to remember, as they say. And and look, again, I know that they are coming at it from a position of weakness. When you look at this line, again, Matt Veerling was your starting first baseman last night. I mean, that is mystifying still to me. And yet he goes four for five. <laughs> so it's like, I don't. I just don't know how sustainable it is. I don't know how you can carry it forward. I, I just I don't have the answers right now. All I can do is is hope they keep winning games. And and again, the schedule does shake out in a way where you can win games. You know, again, we've gone through the schedule, but it really is notable um, that they really you know they they have a chance schedule wise. You know, they finish out this series tonight against Washington. Nola against Espino. Off tomorrow and then a weekend in Miami. You got Gibson, Suarez, and Wheeler going for those series. You feel awesome about that, right? And then three in Milwaukee, which is tough. Don't get me wrong. The the Brewers are great. And it looks like you miss Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, which would be huge. It looks like Woodruff, Anderson, Lauer. I mean, if you get Brad Anderson and Eric Lauer in a three-game series with the Brewers, that's a win. It's a massive, massive, massive win as they have three top, 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 top-tier pitchers. And if you only get one of them, that's huge. That's really, really huge. And as of now, lining up to, you know, um, shake out that way and rain outs and things can change. So fingers crossed on that one. But but hopefully it shakes out that way. And then again, this is a important stretch. Seven games at home against the Rockies and the Cubbies. Again, the Rockies, one of those just real enigmas of a baseball team. And that's why, you know, you get the Rock Phillies get the Rockies at home. The Braves have to go to Colorado. Yet again, I know we've talked about this, but the Colorado Rockies at home are 43 and 22. They're a playoff team at home. If they played all their games at home, it would be 86 and 44 right now. Yeah. <laughs> they are a, play- a flat out, a high level playoff team at home. Again, for comparison's sake, Best record in baseball, the Braves and the Giants are 42 and 21 at home and 45 and 23 at home. Again, the Rockies are 43 and 22. So, yeah, just as good as those teams. And yet they're 17 and 50 on the road. 17 and 50. That is a disastrous home ra- road record. And this Phillies team, you know, all season long, they are 39 and 28 at home. They are a way better home team. They're playing a team that's just a disaster on the road. So it's a big, big series there. And then you get the Cubbies. The Cubbies sitting there 58 and 75 on the season. The Cubs on the road. 25 and 43. 25 and 43. That means that between the Cubs and the Rockies, the two teams that will be coming to town. They are a combined 42 and 93 on the road. I'll say it again. They're combined 42 and 93 on the road. 42 and 93, they've lost double, more than double. More than double the games that they've played on the road, they've lost these two teams. That is a seven game stretch there. Massive, like so incredibly important. And then it gets still not bad because then you got three in New York against the Mets who are floundering, as we know. Three at home against the Orioles who 
actually are the worst team in baseball right now. For those who don't know, the Orioles are sitting with a record of 41 and 90. 41 and 90. And have actually been abysmal at home. Uh, the Orioles at home are uh, 19 and 44 at home. So, you know, and, and excuse me, they're playing in Philly, so that, that doesn't matter. Forget I said that. Orioles are 22 and 46 on the road, so that'll work too. And then you get Ford home against Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh team that's 20 and 46 on the road. So, just let, let, real quick, again, let's do that. So, you have 14 games at home still against these teams against the Orioles, the Pirates, the Cubs, and the Rockies. The Rockies are 17 and 50 on the road. Cubs are 25 and 43 on the road. The Pirates are 20 and 46 on the road. And the Orioles are 22 and 46 on the road. Think about that. The Phillies have 14 games at home against the worst road teams in baseball. And yes, the worst teams in baseball, just overall record of those teams. The Rockies are the by far the best. It's 60 and 72. That's by far the best. The Pirates are 48 and 84. 48 and 84. The Cubs are 58 and 75. And the Orioles are 41 and 90. I mean, come on, man. And then you get into the end. And then it's that three against Atlanta and three in Miami. I mean, man, there's a Phillies team that's handling their business against bad teams right now. In this particular moment, we won't think about last week or before or whatever, but handling business against bad teams. And they have just an incredibly, incredibly advantageous schedule the rest of the way. And it's not like the Braves' schedule's hard. We've gone through it, but... Just for comparison's sake, the Braves have one more against Los Angeles tonight, and then they're in Colorado for four, which, again, the Rockies, as bad as they are on the road, they are equally as great at home. So then they have six easy ones, uh, excuse me, nine easy ones at home as they have Washington, Miami, and Colorado all at home. All easy games. There's no fighting it. But then this stretch, at San Francisco for three, at Arizona for four, which is not, you know, tough, but it's still a West Coast trip. And then at San Diego for three. So they have six games in San Francisco and San Diego. That's harder than anything the Phillies have. You know, the three games in Milwaukee is the toughest the Phillies have left, other than, of course, a series against the Braves at the end of the season. And then the Braves, while we have Miami, have the Mets at the end of the season. Grand now all their games are home, but as much as the Braves' schedule is easy, it is. There's no denying it. You look at that schedule, it's a pretty damn easy schedule. I'm not too concerned about, you know, the Braves' schedule if I'm the Braves, but undeniably the Philly schedule is easier. Undeniably. There is zero arguing that the Philly schedule is easier. And you look at that, what's the opposite of a murderer's row? Uh, you, know, you look at that non-murderer's row of getting the Rockies, the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Orioles, 14 games against those teams at Citizens Bank Park, that could be the difference. That could be the thing that gets this team into the playoffs. Honestly. And again, I am not going to believe it till it happens. You're still two and a half back in both. You still have to hopscotch two more teams and you're tied one in the wild card. You obviously have to just get past the Braves in the division, but I can't get fully there. I'm not I'm not there, but but I'd be lying if I didn't say it it's possible. I said the season was over one week ago. 
less than a week ago. I was like, season's done, cooked, over, shut it down. It's not over anymore. Things change. Again, I'm not predicting they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not even saying I, I think they'll make it or whatever. But I am saying they can. It's real. They're two and a half back heading into September. It is September today. And again, the Braves still have to play the Dodgers. The Braves still have three in Colorado. Like, it wouldn't be the craziest thing for the Phillies to be right there, like tied for the division at the end of the weekend. Like, it's in play. It's possible. And they have to handle business and hope that these teams the Braves are playing handle business. It's real, though. It's exciting. I'm I'm excited about the Phillies again. I didn't see this happening. I really, really didn't. So, go Phils. Let's handle some business. And again, I'm not there yet, but I'm slowly inching my way back. And it's pretty exciting. It's pretty fun. And can't wait to get my heart broken again, right? <laughs> Big one tonight. Big one tonight. The Phillies need to keep handling business. You know, you got to keep beating teams like the Nats if you're going to make this run. It is crucially important. And uh, tonight they get back at it. Uh, with Aaron Nola on the hill against uh, Espino. So that's a big one. Need a good outing from Nola. Need you, Aaron. Bring it, buddy. This is the time where you can shine and, and for, make us forget all the stuff that happened this year and we can move forward. So big one tonight. We'll be back either way. No matter what happens, talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.